Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that suggests doing thorough reference checks. Welcome to episode 18 of Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. Today, we're going to do another Nurses Who Kill, just because we love doing the last one so much. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I feel like, like I said, we could do a whole podcast yeah. on Nurses Who Kill. Yeah. There's that fucking many of them, I tell you. I just you. don't want to research that many, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll just do one a season. It is a bit of work. <laughs> but, but it's fun. It's, um, it's so interesting. It's nice to bring you some fucked up nurses. We bring you nice nursing stories all the time. Oh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not after our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even, like, nursing related, really. Oh, no, it was, actually. No, it was. Mm. Well, I have got the nurse for you. Tell me. This one has fascinated me. Since I first heard about it, I don't know why. I think it's maybe the boldness of it. So Uh, I'm talking about Kimberly Clark Signs. She is, well, she, well, I don't know how old she is now, but she was a middle-aged vocational nurse. She was born and raised in a small East Texas town called Lufkin. Lufkin. I've actually heard of that. Really? Yeah, because I love Texas. Oh, well, anyway, there's only about 35,000 people that live there. And it was predominantly um, populated by like blue collar industrial workers. Um, Kimberly was born, I think her dad was a trucker or something, and her mum worked at Walmart, like um, very blue collar, middle class. Kimberly was married twice, had two kids, um, you know, went to church on Sundays, seemed to be normal human. Um, <laughs> a worrying sign. But she, <laughs> but she had. This sort of alter ego or this like other side to her that was quite erratic and um, a bit odd, a bit aggressive. Um, so very interesting lady who is now in jail. She married her high school sweetheart, got pregnant, uh, had the baby. I think she was only like a teenager when she got pregnant, had the baby. And then six years later, her and her husband divorced and then, like, friends would say that she was super devoted to her son and she got a job for a trucking company and she met her second husband, Kevin, Kevin Sines. So she married him and they had a little girl. So um, I think they're about seven years apart, like, from her first baby to um, her little girl. So then Kimberly got sick with pneumonia after that. So she must have been into her 20s by now. And then she almost died. And when she came, yeah, so then when she came out of hospital, she wanted to be a nurse. Yeah, as you do. As you do. have a nursing life-changing experience like that. Yeah, and when, you know, her nurses were probably really good to her. (laughs) She thought, I'll play that favour. (laughs) (laughs) So then she, so her husband had like multiple presentations to hospital because she kept assaulting him, right? Mm. So red flag, first red flag there, right? Husband. Keeps getting assaulted by his wife, and eventually he tries to divorce her and takes out an AVO. Right? right. Okay. Then, what, what year are we talking? Did you submit um, the year? No, I didn't. So she was born in, I think she was born in the seventies. Okay, so we're talking like late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. So by the time okay. she was a nurse, I think it was about two thousand and five. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. I'm so pretty sure that's where we're at. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So then she was also like suffered a bit of depression. So she was medicated for that. Um, and she 
in one of her jobs, so so she became she went to a community college, became a vocational nurse. So I think that's like a EN equivalent, yeah. isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, but she can and she can give medications. Yeah, yeah. So she was being investigated. So she had she had six jobs in two years. Second red flag. Second red flag. Six jobs, two years. Yeah. And from her fifth job, she was being investigated by the nurses board because they suspected that she was stealing pethidine and that she was pethidine dependent. Right, but because that process takes so long, so long, she was stood down from her fifth job and got a job at Devita <laughs> Dialysis Facility. Right, a friend of hers said, "Come check out dialysis," and so she did, and thought, "Yep, this is a great place to kill people." <laughs> right, so that's our. What's our? Are we at three red flags now? <laughs> okay, so then April first, two thousand and eight. So she's been working for about nine months for the dialysis place. So she's only been a nurse for a few years. Yeah. One of the patients was being dialyzed without complication. Everything was fine. Their patients are relatively low risk because they're not a hospital. They're just a dialysis facility, Center, yeah. right? Um, so everything was fine. The tech went for a break. The tech – and so they have like dialysis techs. Yeah. And then have nurses that work with the techs. Yeah. And then they're obviously supervised by somebody. So the tech goes for a break knowing everything's well and good, everybody's stable, having a great day. Tech goes for a break and comes back. Comes back to find one of the patients dead lying in the chair (laughs) and with signs just not doing anything. Like this Kimberly signs wasn't wasn't phased that her patient was dead. And so, you know, the tech sort of raised the alarm, called the code, blah, 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 blah. They were like, no, you know, she's done and she's end-stage kidney failure and whatever. Yeah. So it was kind of stopped. Yeah. Five minutes later, a second <gasps> no, patient no, no, arrests. No. Oh, these women, this is the problem. They get this caught is... because they multiply in one shift. Seriously. So that five minutes later, the second patient arrests and Kimberly signs renders no assistance, unfazed by the situation that's at hand. Uh-huh. Right. The, the biggest red flag was that... They had not ever had a patient. There was a nephrologist who actually said, in the 15 years I've been dialysing patients, I've never had one of them die on a machine. On dialysis. Yeah. It's the reason they're alive. Well, and the machine would alert you to literally any Everything. change. Yeah. Oh. So that happened and that was a huge incident. Like it, it filtered on, you know, yep. through the facility and through um, the owners and the directors of the facility. They all did big reviews into yeah. it and, and all of them. Well, were this could c- shut them down. So it did. Oh, so fuck. So at one point, so this is, so staff, there was, they kept going for a little while and then um, staff were speculating maybe it was the heparin, maybe they've got a bad batch of heparin um, because there was a recall out for the Baxter heparin at the time. So Um, then they were like, well, let's just ditch the product we've got. We'll get some different batch of heparin and um, go from there. But they figured out that that actually wasn't the cause of it. Mm. They couldn't find any reason for these patients to have died at the same time, like they thought, is it a mechanical fault? Um, you know, was it the hospital's, was it the DeVita's fault, basically? So they'd never had one die, let alone two within five minutes of each other. So it was a Thanks. huge, yeah, yeah, huge, um, I guess, you know, a lot of confusion, a lot of concern about that. Yeah. So then they had an external review come in because they're like, this has never happened, it's so yeah. uncommon. So they had, um, you know, external auditors and stuff come in to investigate it. But during the month of April, so this while this has all been investigated, Kimberly Symes is still working and all the patients sort of said that she was lovely and ne- and always had positive interactions with her. Yeah. No one had anything negative to say about her. They noticed that during that month of April in 2008, they had had a huge amount of 
clinical incidents in dialysis and a huge amount of patients needing to be transferred out by ambulance. Ooh. So the um, <laughs> there was even someone from the, the local fire authority must do their transfers or something. Oh, or they yeah, because I think fire is over there like paramedics. And, yeah. yeah, so they would do a mix of both, I reckon. So um, early in April... So, like mid-April, an official at the local fire department sent an anonymous letter to Texas State Health Inspectors asking them to look into the incidents at the DeVita Lufkin Dialysis Centre, according to Dallas CBS affiliate. In the last two weeks, and this is in quotes, in the last two weeks we've transported 16 (gasps) patients. 16 patients? The letter reads, this seems a little abnormal and disturbing to my med crews. Could these calls be investigated by you? Right, so a letter. So, okay, here's another red flag. So, what are we at? Five now? A lot. And, you know, hindsight (laughs) is a great thing. You look back and you can reflect on that. But if the people who do your transfers are saying, hey, there's a lot of transfers happening here. Because I reckon 16 in 14 days would almost be, we're going to assume they go seven days a week. Like, that's one a day more, one plus a day. If they only work Monday to Friday, then that's potentially two to three. A, a day. day. If she's not, if she's not working full time, that's that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Did they all then, happen to be on her shift? Well, actually, there wasn't. So I think I'll explain. Okay. <laughs> Hold my horse. By the end of the month, on April twenty eighth, two patients are waiting to be dialysed. So sitting in their little seats, you know, in the waiting room, waiting for the chairs to become free. One of them sees Kimberly Symes use a syringe to draw up a substance. From a bucket that's on the floor. Take the syringe over to a patient who's being dialysed and inject it into their IV. Then, (laughs) so she sees that. Did she say anything? Then she looks at her mate next to her as if to say, did you you just see that? (laughs) And her mate is already looking at her going, did you see that? (laughs) So these two have a bit of a freak out going, I don't want her working on me. Is that really what's just happened? And then she does it again to the second patient. (gasps) Right, so they have witnessed these two twice. these two people have witnessed her do the same thing twice, okay? And they discuss it between them like, we can't be making this up. This is exactly what's happened. She has drawn something up from a bucket that's Which on the floor. Which is probably a cleaning solution or something. Right. So Ooh. then they tell a tech that they trusted and they said, this is what we've seen. We don't want her working on us today. The tech goes and alerts management. This is what these two people have seen. It can't be right, but it's they're adamant that this is that this is what they've seen. So the the manager goes to Kimberly and says, "Take the day off," or should they they were going to reallocate her or something to med surge, and then or to medical. I don't know to do a med round somewhere. I don't know what it was. And then, but she got really shirty about that. So yeah. then they're like, "Don't worry about. It. Just take the rest of the day off. We'll sort. You know, these ladies, yeah. whatever." She goes home. They call the police. And they said, this is what these oh, two patients have seen. Yes. I know. This is like the, the oh. first case of this that has been really sensible. So they go through all the right channels. The police are called. The police are like, they didn't think that it was real. Like they were like, no, sometimes witnesses, they think they've oh, seen something and then they discuss it and the story changes a little bit. Oh, is that what you saw? Yeah, I think that's what I saw. Yeah, I saw that oh, too. No. And so they sort of, because they'd corroborated they were like, oh, maybe they're not really seeing what they've seen. You know, nurses look after people. Hello. Like, oh, so, yeah, but you know, the normal, I guess, pattern of thinking. 
the facility gets shut down immediately because so of these allegations. Don't trust even the though, witness. I know. But shut down the but facility. But they still shut down the facility straight away because they're like, we don't know what's happened here. You've had a major incident and mm. the month of April you've actually had a huge amount of incidents. And no shit because she's injecting them with stuff. So they didn't believe <laughs> they didn't believe that this was the responsibility of a nurse. They thought potentially that there could be a failure somewhere in the, in pro- the, in the system yeah. that was putting patients' lives at jeopardy so they stopped everything. They, they shut it down. Yeah. The next morning – and they were like, we're going to have a – an escalation meeting tomorrow. We're going to come up with a plan. Um, we, you obviously still need to be dialysing patients. Um, we need to come up with some sort of contingency. Like if we, if you need to stay close for longer, we need to do investigations. So all the machines get taken apart. They have this meeting and they say – and then Kimberly Symes doesn't turn up. She's invited to the meeting. She's told about the meeting on the 28th. Yeah. Doesn't turn up to the meeting, gets sacked because they're like, clearly she's got something to hide if she's not coming to this yeah. meeting. They sacked her on, like, suspicion, I guess, which rightly so. It's probably the first sensible thing I've read about and heard about. They took all the machines apart and tested everything and they found out that the lines, so obviously patients get hooked up to the dialysis machines via their fistula in their arm. She was injecting bleach into the dialysis lines. Oh, God. Crazy. So, well, so they find bleach and they go... These lines are positive for bleach. Is it possible that there's a fault in the cleaning of the machines? You know, mm. what's the story? Are people washing the lines with bleach? Like, what's happening? They call her to be interviewed when she doesn't come to the meeting. They're like, we've got to interview her now yeah. because there's been allegations made against her. Patients saw her drawing something up yeah. and now these machines are saying that there's bleach in them. And actually, when, when it was first brought to the attention of that manager... The manager took the bucket that the patients had said, you know, that's what she drew stuff up from. Mm. They took that bucket away and then went and found her and they tested and the bucket was bleach. So she'd been decanting bleach from a bottle into a bucket so that she could draw it up into a syringe because you couldn't draw it up from the bottle. Yeah. They interview her and the interview is so interesting. So they talk about... um, you know, they're asking her sort of what are the processes and is it possible that you have put bleach into a syringe? And she's like, oh, well, the process is normally like we put sort of 10 mils of bleach into a little medicine cup and then we mix it with water so that we've got a bleach and water solution to clean, like whatever they use afterwards. And um, because I know nothing about dials. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh, yeah, like I would use a syringe if I couldn't find any little cups and he's like so yesterday did you draw bleach up into a syringe and she was like yeah like I just a 10 cc because then I know that that's 10 mils and I'll just mix that into the bucket yeah and (laughs) my alarm bells are ringing I'm like (laughs) from all my work in theater like you know your solutions like you need to know everything yeah Yeah. and you need to know exactly what something is and the whole point of having orange oral syringes is so that you don't inject an oral medication like you know, there are really strict things and, and I don't even, even though I know that something is like, especially in theatre, even if I know what something is, I'll label it anyway mm. because. Someone else might not know. And it can so easily get mixed up if you get flustered. Somebody might just grab yeah. it off your table. Like it's literally, I would, it, I would never think to put a chemical in a syringe because it's easy. But even in your everyday life, like I had bleach in a spray gun 
but I wrote like in a spray water bottle that you would use in your hair. Yeah. So I wrote bleach all over it and put it in the like shelf in the laundry. Yeah. Like you don't want it to be mistaken yeah. for something because exactly. it's a poison. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then the police are like, she starts volunteering all of this information that we're not even asking her about. Mm. Like, oh yeah, I noticed actually that one of the patients was clotting. Um, in their venous chamber, blah, blah, blah. So then I got a syringe of Ceylon and I tried to, um, whatever, I don't know what she tried to do because I don't know anything about yeah. dialysis. <laughs> but um, so she starts volunteering that actually she noticed that one of those patients, um, you know, that their line was clotting and so she tried to do something about that and then she was like, you know, I often wondered, I think she says, what would happen if the patients were hooked up to a machine that had bleach in it? I just wonder. <gasps> so she brought up the bleach, right? So she brought that up there. And I then wonder. and then during the interview, they noticed that she actually appeared, like started appearing to be intoxicated. So they're like, she was kind of slurring her words a bit and she was like being really casual. And um, I mean, if you see, you saw the picture of this woman, like she's <laughs> fucked. If you look at her skin and it's funny because like she looks disgusting in this picture that they, this is her yeah. mugshot that they took the day that they arrested her. But it's interesting because in her appeal, she appealed in um, 2015 or something. Her skin's all clear. I'm like, geez, prison agrees with your sister. Like, yeah, that's probably not as much meth she, or bleach. Yeah, or I know. She looks quite good, actually. <laughs> when um, I accidentally scrolled through the wrong sheet and I was scrolling thinking it was my, like, run sheet for today and I got to the bottom and I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was on Alicia's sheet and the picture was, like, terrifying. Oh, my God. It is pretty. She's she looks got these... like someone that would kill. She looks like a frog. Anyway. <laughs> a, real, a cane toad. A cane toad. <laughs> so then... Um, then while like the police are doing their investigation and they've realized that this woman is, you know, a serious suspect, her husband, who she's who is filing for divorce against her at the time and has an AVO out against her, gets his lawyer to ring the police and he's like, I noticed there were some bizarre internet searches. <laughs> so one of the internet uh. searches was poisoning with bleach. <laughs> and the other one was can bleach be detected in IV lines? Oh. <laughs> and they're like, ding, ding, uh. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> So um, one of the psychologists who like examined the case had said that quite often people go through, um, when they kill, they go through this process of fantasy, yeah. then rehearsal, yeah. then practice, and then the act. And um, they, they strongly believe that she was just so bored with her life and with work that mm. she committed these crimes because... Maybe she didn't even mean to kill those first two. Maybe she gave them like 20 mils instead of 10 and realised. Maybe. Actually, that kills. I I'll think, go a little less. I think she was actually dosing people regularly because mm. there were some reports of patients saying that they tasted strange things yeah. while they were being dialysed that wasn't and normal. You could probably... You can imagine, you know how bleach smells, so that you could imagine how that might taste Toxic in your mouth. Kind of taste, yeah. And it would, yeah, it would, yeah. So I think she uh, was actually regular. Wow. So I think she was possibly giving bleach to all of her patients yeah. in different doses, and Don't sometimes it would in it would cause them to have a cardiac arrest. Sometimes it would just cause them to have chest pain, um, yeah. and then be they'd be transported to somewhere keep the else. Transportation ambulance busy. Yeah. So, Jeez. what um, was she charged with in the end? She was charged with capital murder. She was looking at the death penalty and she had three charges against her for aggravated assault. Mm. But that was 
they were that was the only evidence they could obtain mm. because of the cleaning procedures in hospitals a lot yeah. of the evidence had been destroyed yeah, but what course. they did do is when they shut down the hospital they took all of the sharps containers and had a look at how many syringes you know what was in all of yeah. these syringes and they found that bleach was in a huge amount yeah. of syringes they basically said that in court she appeared not to care and she was laughing and not taking it well, seriously i mean the shoe fits. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, she denied the murders and told everybody that she was a scapegoat for the hospital because they obviously oh, fucked up and yeah. um, it wasn't her fault and that she intended to appeal. And the families of the – so she, she murdered at least five people. And the, it's interesting because she had told all of her colleagues all the patients she didn't like and they oh. were the five that died. Oh, God. <laughs> and that, like, really interesting. They interviewed their manager. That manager had – uh, said that, yeah, she did speak to signs and there were several patients that she expressed not liking. So she was sentenced in 2012 to life in prison without parole. So she didn't get the death penalty yeah. and three 20-year sentences for each of the aggravated assault charges. But it's such a shame that they couldn't charge her with all potentially all of the mm. murders and all of the assaults but that she... I think she... that's the problem with these guys that kill lots they don't have evidence yeah and they and they they don't ever own up to them really no no because they they don't think that they've done anything wrong no it's it's pretty fucked though like brutal and it's it's fucked that you can be under investigation for stealing pethidine they call it demerol in the united states Mm. you can be investigated for stealing pethidine and being dependent on pethidine from one job and yet you can still go and work somewhere else while the nurses board figure it out. It's the whole innocent until well, proven guilty my, thing. This, with my case is exactly the nurses board have to answer for, I think. So fucked. Mm, Jesus. Anyway, so. That was heavy. Yeah. Well, it, oh, just, And those patients are like, I wonder if she also played the card like, you know, well, they're end of life patients anyway. You know, they're probably likely to die. I think she was just enjoying experimenting on them. I know. And what gratification would you get maybe just seeing them unwell and leaving? I don't know. There was it, it was sad though because one of the women was a grandma and she was actually like raising her grandchildren. Oh. And, you know, it, I think the hardest thing about these is that these people are depending on this service yeah, to keep them right. alive. Yeah. Like... They're not just there with a sore toe. Like that's right. They're, they're there because they have been chronically ill for yeah. years. They've been coming probably to Davida every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the last six, seven yeah. years. They know the staff. They've got a relationship with yeah. these people. Their lives depend on this service. Yeah, and and this it's woman, probably costing some of them an absolute fortune. Yeah, you know because yeah. it's America. Yeah, so. exactly right. Oh, crust. It's pretty sick. And when you think sick. about how much people trust us, like. I was well, implicitly. Yeah. And I, yeah. I feel like I actually like it when patients question me about certain things. Like these poor patients, imagine just going, oh, yeah, here's the nurse here to give me my medication. No, she's fucking giving you bleach. Killing you. Yeah. Like fucked. And Agreed. like their kidneys weren't fucked already. No, that's right. <laughs> Giving a good clean out. <laughs> <laughs> Disinfect from the inside. <laughs> Who have you got? I have. Megan Jean Haynes. She's an Aussie, isn't she? She's actually South African. Oh, why did I think she was an Aussie? <laughs> well, it's an Aussie case. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, South African born, came to Australia in 2000 and obtained permanent residency. I don't have any back history on her. I literally could not find, I found lots of newspaper articles on her crime, but I didn't find any back history. So mm. I don't believe that she was in a relationship. Or had children. When she was arrested, she was 46 years old 
She was arrested for the death of two residents at a Ballina nursing home. Ballina? Ballina in New South Wales. Right. So she came to Australia in 2000 and in 2001 she was registered for the first time as a nurse. I don't know if she was previously a nurse or she must have been to become um, registered in just a year. And she started working in sort of nursing homes and things like that. She was involved, here's your red flags for this one, Mm -hmm. involved in some misconduct allegations prior to these deaths, um, which saw her nursing registration restricted quite quickly. (laughs) Do you know Um, what they were? Yeah, so uh, she gave or allegedly gave two patients insulin uh, that didn't need it while working at the Caulfield Medical Centre, which I believe is kind of like a um, nursing home, mm-hmm. um, in January 2001. So almost straight away she started offending um, with patients. Jesus. They both survived. However, they had missing jewellery. What? Yeah. Um, she was the only nurse on duty at the time. So probably these... the only one who had access to the insulin. Yeah. Anyway. And the patients. Yeah. Yeah. So she was raided by her home was raided by her police, but none of the ner- the missing items were found. But she was charged with drug possession because cannabis was found on mm. her property. They should have looked up her ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Initial allegations just saw her practice restricted to the nurse um, being able to nurse only if a manager gave a six monthly report, and that restriction was only for eighteen months. That's ridiculous. I know, but after the drug possession and um, charges. The licensing board, which at the time was um, the Nursing Board of Victoria. So she worked in New South Wales but then also worked... No, so at the time, so she was in Caulfield. Yeah, So she was in Victoria. Yeah, right. After the drug possession charges, the Nursing Board of Victoria uh, revoked her nursing permit. Yeah, right. Rather than just having her on restrictions. So they were smart enough to So you can't smoke weed if you're a nurse. (laughs) Or you can smoke it, you just can't have it at your house. Can't have a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get caught with it. Uh, So that was all in like 2000, 2000. Sorry, 2001, 2002. So after her home was raided and she had cannabis charges, her licence was revoked by the right. nurses' board. So, But it um, took many years investigating. So in 2007, the nurses' board of Victoria investigation showed that she had failed to care for patients at a Box Hill hospital. She was accused of shoving and slapping patients at the Caulfield Medical Centre and allegations were made against her that she sent text messages of a threatening to access patient records at the Marinda Hospital. So obviously she's worked in this nursing home, then worked at Caulfield and then obviously worked at other places while they're investigating her. No, because her ner- her licence was revoked. So when it, it was she just work at all the, these places? In the first year. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like she really went hard. The Nurses Board of Victoria described these actions as unprofessional conduct of a serious nature. In 2009, so two years later, she requested the reinstatement of her nursing licence from the Nurses Board of Victoria. Right. However, they were still continuing to investigate the Marinda Hospital allegations um, of those alleged text messages, so they wouldn't reinstate, reinstate her. Okay, good. In February 2012, so three years later, she again tried to get her nursing licence back. The Nurses Board of Victoria had been abolished and replaced by APRA, oh. so the Australian Health Practitioners Registration Agency. Regulation Agency. Regulation yeah. Agency, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did reinstate her licence. Probably because it was like, oh, well, the yep. body that was investigating you doesn't exist anymore. Yep. So. Um, they did give her some restrictions and I tried super hard, like I even searched APRA oh. for her name. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't find what those restrictions were, were exactly. Is her name still in APRA? 
No. Oh, okay. No. It did take two years for her to find employment, though, after registration of APRA. Right. Um, so Haynes commenced work at St Andrews Village Nursing Home in Ballina, New South Wales, in April. I wonder if April they did reference to. <laughs> 2014. Well, if they did, they didn't do thorough ones. Mm. <laughs> because she wouldn't have much of a history. Nursing registration. I'm like, she hasn't worked for years. Yeah. She hasn't worked in nearly 14 years. It's funny how these people always end up in nursing homes when they can't yeah, get jobs. because nursing homes need nurses, don't yeah. they? Anyway, it wasn't long, like literal days, <laughs> that the complaints started rolling in for about her. So there were three complaints made. Mary Dara, who was 82 years old and described by her daughter as a funny potty mouth storytelling Broncos supporter. <laughs> She'd worked as a country town barmaid for many years and... Literally, like, told it how it is. I found heaps on Sounds her. Like you. Yeah. That's what someone, how someone's <laughs> going to describe you. That's what's going to be on your tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she complained that Haynes refused to provide care for her. Um, she said one day she called her in. She needed cream applied to her genital area. It was actually written, cream applied to a fanny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Haynes told her to cover herself up. You look disgusting. Turn the light off and left. Oh. Isabella Spencer, who was 77 years old, she complained that Haynes refused to take her to the toilet and just told her to piss in the pad. Um, her brother was heartbroken by the death of his sister. She had previously lived in Melbourne and he moved her when she needed to go to the nursing home up to Ballina to be closer to him and his wife. And one of them visited every single day. And he has had ongoing health issues since this happened and he believes it's because of the stress of this whole situation and then a third complaint was made by marjorie patterson who was 88 years old and she just complained that she was very had rough handling by haynes right on the 9th of may 2014 at the start of her night shift haynes was informed of these complaints made she started work there literally days before right (laughs) it was her sixth shift at the nursing home. Uh, she was given the written complaints about her. Surely uh, that's a breach of surely. something. She was not impressed, obviously. And as the night went on, she slipped in to the medication cupboard and got insulin, which is her MO. Mm. She went into each of their bedrooms. She injected Mary and Isabella with lethal doses of insulin. When she went into Marjorie's room, Marjorie woke up. Haynes just said, oh, I'm here to give you your Panadol. Marjorie has said that that never happened during the night. Like patients were never woken to give Panadol. Yeah. Um, and the police believe that her waking up literally saved her own life. Yeah, right. Because she was going into the three people who yeah. made complaints about yep. her. Fucking hell. Yeah. So apparently Mary had made some moaning noises overnight and another nurse had gone in there to check on her. And Haynes ran in and said, she's fine, she's just having a bad dream, like get out, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. And then on the morning of May 10th, it was noted that both women had several similar presentations and they believe that they were having strokes so um isabella had had a previous stroke which is why she was in the nursing Mm -hmm. home they both died that morning isabella didn't have family with her as her brother and sister-in-law were holidaying um, at the time but marie's family were all around her and in one newspaper article it was described that the granddaughter was like lying with her and just screaming you know don't die don't die so like heartbroken obviously the Facility were like, this is weird. Mm. Like two people in the same night have exactly the same, same presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Routine tests were done 
um, and showed extreme high levels of of insulin insulin in both their bodies. Some reports say there were marks of a needle mark in the arm. Mm -hmm. Other reports said no signs of anything. Mm. On May 15th, detectives searched Haynes' home and questioned her, but they couldn't find anything um, to tie her to it, obviously. Yeah. Isn't it a bit suspicious that she gets given these three letters of complaint and two of them suspiciously die? Yeah. And she was in the room of the third. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So investigation task force was formed to investigate her. Mm -hmm. Um, Her phone was tapped by the police and she was actually later the day of the same day as the raid was heard on the phone talking to her friend telling them that she'd been raided and they didn't find anything. And her friend had asked what had happened and she said, oh, a couple of ladies at work died because they were given the wrong medication. Uh, Now, that wasn't – the police had not made that known to anyone that there was a suspected poisoning or anything. Yeah, yeah. They hadn't made that public. See how they just volunteer this information. Yeah. So she in court, when she was questioned about it, she actually said, well, I just assumed because they were looking – they told me they were looking for – Tamazepam and diazepam and things like that. I mean, yeah, righto, but still you've obviously volunteered that information. Yeah. A friend of hers also had come forward to police once it had all started to become on the news and talk about her, that she might be a suspect, had come forward and said that while they were watching a true crime show, like an S- a CSI show many years ago, that she had boasted that the best way to kill someone is just use insulin because the body will metabolise it and they'll never know and a good nurse will never leave a mark. Oh. I have also said that. I feel like I've said multiple that Multiple times. <laughs> like, oh, if you're going to kill someone, <laughs> just give them insulin. Just get some Act Rapid, make sure yeah. they're not going to be found for how many hours. Inject it into their skull, they'll be fine. Like. <laughs> In their skull, I'm Jesus. pretty sure we actually were talking about it on Sunday uh, at your baby shower. So What? I'm fine. No one's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Look out, oncology patients of Victoria. (laughs) No, just kidding. This is funny because the last time we did Nurses Who Kill, we were joking about me being resuscitation Rambo. (laughs) (laughs) So it took a while to actually get the investigation underway. So that was May 15th was when they questioned her for the first time and she wasn't arrested till July 7th. Again, it's all – what's the so word? So did she still work for two months? No, no. Oh, God, oh. no. No, there was no work. She didn't work. Um, <laughs> there goes your references, <laughs> love. <laughs> she was extradited uh, to New South Wales from Victoria because she'd moved back to sea spray Extradited across the border. <laughs> <laughs> when she was arrested. And I watched some video footage of her being arrested and she just calmly walked to the car and, mm, you know. Boring. Because they don't see care. someone be like, get the fuck, get the fuck <laughs> off me, you fucking... Um, I've done nothing. <laughs> I've done nothing. She went before the New South Wales Supreme Court in April 2015 and she was remained, remanded in custody until May 2016. They didn't extradite her to, back to South Africa. <laughs> I wonder why she came here in the first place. Oh, probably because there's a string of dead patients. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> fucking hell. And so she was arraigned on two counts of murder. Um, and it went to trial because she pleaded not guilty. Yeah, of course. I, it just blows my mind that these people – What? so did she ever say what her excuse was? Or No. So the trial went for two and a half weeks and that was in October, November 2016. It took the jury, the jury four hours to deliberate. 
<laughs> I bet pretty they black like, and white, that I'm one. pretty sure they walked in. They were like, guilty, guilty. Should we sit here a little bit longer so we get paid more? Or yeah. like, <laughs> Let's get some lunch. <laughs> Let's get some lunch. We'll wait till two, yeah? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Make it look like. She sat emotionless and impassive in court while the families read out victim impact statements. She was sentenced to 36 years with a... Is that it? Yeah. Sentenced to 36 years with possibility of parole in 2041. No. Yep. Right. So in 2040, right? Yeah. When she becomes... Well, it'll probably be earlier than that because if she's like good behaviour and all that shit, they always let them out early. But they didn't say like... They didn't say 27 years. They literally said without possibility and like parole's not possible to 2041. So I wonder. That's in everything that I read so far. So um, twenty forty one is really not that far away. It's twenty years away. Well, you'll was, probably be dead because you're so old. <laughs> I mean, hang on. This woman's older than me. She was forty nine when she was arrested at the time, or forty nine at the time of sentencing. Oh, hang on. No, she was arrested in. Hang on, I got my math wrong. Oh, shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just so she was 51 oh. at the time of sentencing. Uh, so she'll be 78 at the time of parole. So she'll still be eligible and they'll be like, oh, she's not a risk. She's an old woman. Mm. We should march on the prison be like. Are you going to remember in 21, in 19 years? Yeah, we'll be famous by then. And you know what? All our fans, <laughs> all our fans will be like, you guys said in 2021 <laughs> that in 2041 you're going <laughs> to. Go should, um, and march on the prison to stop her from getting we out. We should get one of our really organised grads to like put it in their diary <laughs> to remind us. <laughs> you know who you are, Molly. <laughs> um, in prison, she's regarded as the granny killer. The granny killer. <laughs> she spends a lot of time in and out of protective custody because like, she's not oh. safe. Yeah, mm. good. And you know what? She's giving she, nurses a bad rap. She wrote a letter um, asking for – oh, God, I wish I'd saved it somewhere. But she'd actually written a letter requesting, um, like, more privileges and to be because she wasn't safe and, like, can she have <laughs> – and I was like, Suffer, oh, bitch. no one's letting <laughs> you have that. So there is an episode on Nurses Who Kill of her, which is on season two. I couldn't find it anywhere. I was even willing to pay for it. You know, tired ass. And then oh, it came up, kept coming up, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime. I was like, yes, I have an Amazon Prime account. Yeah. Ugh, Amazon Prime America. Can't access that in Australia. It. But it's on, season one's on Netflix, so why Yeah, season two is not on Netflix. Right, well, we need to petition Netflix. It's actually on Netflix America. Anyway, I did find an, something on her on um, a TV show on, oh, I don't know if it was on Netflix or Amazon Prime, called Deadly Women. It was season 11 and the episode was called The Dark Side and it had another, um, had two other people on there. A nurse who actually like coerced one of, uh, like a man who used to come and help out the patients that stay sober and she coerced him into like a relationship and then she just beat the absolute shit out of him. What? She was horrible to him, took all his money. I already know who my next one's going to be, but I'm not going to say. If anyone has... um, any nurses that, um, you know, stories, not not real life stories, like if you hear, you know a nurse killer, I mean, if you know a nurse killer, yeah, if, hit if us up, got shit. Someone, yeah. <laughs> we'll get them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll get you Just on, on Zoom from prison. Um, <laughs> but if you have a particular, you know, person that we'd like to cover, mm. like send us a message. They're really interesting. I tried to find the coroner's reports for um, oh, the two people that died, doing that. but I couldn't. 
find them. And I searched through eight years of coroner's reports in New South Wales and I was like, oh, God, this is too <laughs> No <much."> thanks. <laughs> It was really hurting my find, brain. And it's hard to find like court transcripts and stuff. Like I'm interested. I did find an excerpt of a transcript yeah, with I one of the like managers. Yeah, I feel the but. true crime podcasts that do this for actual living, they pay for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Because they have money coming in because they've sponsored Hello, mm. Please, No Pong deodorant. <laughs> and who gives a crap toilet paper? Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, but that was really fun. That was good. I really want to do a Doctors Who Kill or like, you know, those Doctor Danger and Doctor... Death. Dr. Death and yeah. all those ones. Like the ones who really fuck people up. Yeah. And like I actually have a really good one. It's currently um, in from Tasmania. They don't kill though. It's a sexual harassment one, sexual oh. assault one, which I might actually do for like the next one. Maybe we'll just do dangerous nurses or something. <laughs> Expand <laughs> <There's> our scope. <laughs> Expand our scope. <laughs> the, um, the one I want to do next time, she's a freak. She like gets into bed with her victims and stuff. Yeah. <gasps> So stay tuned for that one, 2022, or maybe later this season. 2022, we'll um, maybe later in the year. Yeah. You can't make people wait that long. You can't make me wait <laughs> that long. We can't reuse our content too much. We have uh, to be... I think we could do one every season. I think people would like that. Anyway, Jesus, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we Oh, I just want to make, you know, a comment. I really just want to thank everyone who has sent us an email or has sent us a message over Instagram some of these messages we get are so amazing. Like yeah. I sit there and I'm like, oh, my God, Mick, like listen to this email. No, no. We got. And Kelly and I will text each other and be like, did you see <laughs> that one from so-and-so? Like it's it literally just blows my mind that people take time out of their lives yeah. to send us emails just thanking yeah. us and, and like it's just amazing. And, and telling us their stories yeah. or how things reach within them, like how, and how they relate say. to us. Yeah, and yeah like – it just blows my mind yeah. and we love it. And so we do. Thank and you. we read like everything. I mean, it's not like we've got, you know, we truckloads re- coming in, but we read everything and, and we, we respond try to, to respond to literally yeah. everything. So, yeah, please don't hold back. We actually love it and we like engaging with everyone. It makes yes. us feel like we. There's real we people have, like, on yeah. the other end of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The next episode will actually be probably Alicia's last before she has the baby. Oh my God. So we'll. um. Yeah, God, that's so exciting. Can't wait. Oh, I actually can't wait to finish work. I finish work on Saturday. <laughs> so by the time this episode comes you out, I will like have been finished for like two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Oh, it blows exciting. my mind. I, yeah. I'm, do you know, I, this, I have not had more than three weeks off in a row yeah. from work <laughs> since I was 14. No, you're going to love it. Okay. And I have worked shift work for 10 <laughs> years. 10 years. And I'm going to have like 10 months with no shift work. Yeah. I mean, a few of those months will be very sleepless with a baby. That's fine. But it's But so I'm not working. Better. Yeah, that's I'm not right. Respons- well, I was gonna yeah. say I'm not responsible for people's lives, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. I can do a one-to-one nursing ratio, baby. <laughs> um, we will do a bonus episode once Alicia's um, had the baby and everything to update. Well, maybe, you know. I'll just ring her and she can just... If the baby's a screaming, <laughs> pooping mess, we'll see. <laughs> uh, no, I did great. say we tried live from the hospital so she could sell me the sex while everyone's watching. No! <laughs> Watch this face, no promises. Uh, so don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. And send us your stories and questions to humorousnurses at gmail.com. Humorous like the bone. H-U-M-E-R-U-S. Bye! Bye.